Welcome to Live Let Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live Let Thrive. What is up, Micah, man? I'm chilling, Stevie Stacks. How you doing? Oh, recovering from whatever crud I had this past week. So, but I'm I'm back at it, trying to get healed up and ready to go because um, short-term rentals don't rest, Micah. No, they don't. Did you have to bid? <laughs> I don't even. I don't even check anymore. I don't give a shit. <laughs> that shit's uh, yeah, oh man. <laughs> Probably right. Who knows? But um. So yes, sir, this is episode 226 of your favorite Airbnb, VRBO, short-term rental, mid-term rental, long-term rental podcast in the world, coming at you from Arlington and Fort Worth, Texas. What it do, what it do, what man. It do, brought to you by our own damn companies, because we don't have commercials on here, but we promote ourselves, right? Argusrentals.com, uh, go check out me. And go, you know, I'll go, I'll I'll make you a lot of money on your places, on your short-term rentals. And Micah has sharebnb.com, right, Micah? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But yeah. Yeah. Hit us up. Yes, sir. (laughs) Shameless self-promotion. Sorry about that. (laughs) I'm going to get that money, you. Yes, sir. So speaking of that, man, how's how's the business growth going on on the artist rental side? Artist rentals. uh, We, um... Having a great October. The, the, the September uh slide, the September, September, whatever you want to call it, the September drop um is past us and we're doing a great October. Uh pretty uh November looks like it's stacking up pretty good. We're in 2022, folks, if you didn't know that. And um, so so it's looking good uh as far as the growth. We're gonna add another um an, another property this week as far as uh to manage, you know, our, our cleaners picking it up, you know, I hooked my cleaner up with a property and we're going to manage it for her, which that always works out good. And, um, what else we got, uh, we're, we're put in an offer for one of the, one of the properties we were arbitraging over there in Oakland. And so we're, we're putting in. A, she lists, she went ahead and listed it and, uh, we went ahead and put in an offer Right now is a good time to shop right now, guys. If you if you didn't know, I know interest rates are high. Don't be scared of that too much because, you know, those go up and down, right? And so you could always refi in the future when they drop again. Um, and you don't have any competition. I'm going and checking out places and there's nobody there. There's no like line of cars waiting to see this place. And hey, we got to be there at 315 because there's a showing at 320 and a 225. No, 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 no. It's, take as long as you want. There's nobody coming. There's nobody. <laughs> it's a good time to shop. So and, and we I mentioned it before we mentioned it before on the show that um if you could uh form a good relationship with someone that you're um arbitraging from you could possibly pick up the uh you could you could buy it you know you could purchase the the property and that's what we're looking to do we put it in an offer for it and we I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you a little a little tidbit on that this particular condo right it, it made great money for us so we know it's a it's a producer here's the thing. When we're going to buy it, this particular HOA, I know you love HOAs, Mike, have this rule where you have to live in it first for a year. You know, whoever buys it has to live in it first for a year before Mm. they can turn it into a rental property, right? And so that deterred us, first of all, because I didn't know exactly. Well, 
for yeah because i was like oh i'm not i can't live in that place right and i wanted i wanted to buy it as a as an arbitrage i mean as a you know short-term rental whatever but um i didn't want to i can't live there i live here i have my house and stuff and so um because she had offered to sell it to me before she listed it right and i was just gonna go we're gonna go without agents boom 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 here's the price and that would have been good but um we said well i don't think we could make the deal happen because i can't live there and anyway so long story short she went ahead and listed it and then fede finds out finds out that they're gonna he's gonna get his visa federico my partner on and and artist rentals Mm -hmm. he's gonna get his visa he's in argentina and he's gonna they're gonna be here probably in november right let's go be here they're gonna be here in november and i was like dude we can and and his wife u.s citizen she already has a credit score because I, I added her to my trade lines and then boom, instantly she got a credit score. And now she can be on the mortgage with me buying the place. I was like, well, there you go. Y'all can be on the mortgage and then um, then y'all can live in it the first year. And then after that, we'll turn it into a rental because we know it's a great rental. Yeah. And um, and so so that was the workaround, but she had already listed it, but whatever, we're still going to you know, go do our back and forth and try to get this thing closed because I don't think a lot of people are shopping for condos right now. Um, anyways, long story longer. <laughs> so, so that's the, yeah, that's, that's the thing. And, and what's, what's helping us is it's keeping a lot of investors away from trying to buy this place because investors see the potential in it. But the thing is they can't fulfill that living in it for a year. Right. Mm-hmm. An investor would have to, um, what make zero dollars for that first year i don't know what the hell how they would do it but they can't turn it into a rental for the first year but we found a way that we're able to do that so so are you putting down three and a half percent to five percent no no we're gonna put down the 20 we're gonna put down the 20 because we're trying to buy it based on the business you know what i'm saying she's gonna be on the loan too but we're gonna try to buy it based on the business and instead of like um her like yeah i talked to my i asked my lender that i asked my lender that the the thing is i'll be the primary because i have all the you know the the credit and the history and stuff like she has credit she don't have a job or nothing yet right so she can't be the primary on the loan she don't need to be as long as she's living in it we did that with my brother how so put down five percent as long as he moves into it and he's on the loan that's it's owner occupied so you did uh so you did, you were, okay, you are both on the loan. Yeah, if they're both on the loan and one of them moves in, it's now owner-occupied. You can put down 35 to 5%. Really? If your lender goes against that, get a new lender. Because right now, lending, I was going to talk about this, lenders and, I'd be careful with lenders and real estate agents right now. Because shit tightens up, they start slinging bullshit. <laughs> Dude, I get called like 24-7, and, man, for uh, lenders. And I can vouch for that because my neighbor... <clears throat> He's in a situation where he has a two-story home. He's getting older and he's trying to sell it. He, he talked, he came to me and he was asking about getting rental properties and he was like, uh, he's going to sell his house. And I'm like, this ain't a good time to sell your house. I'm like, he's going to sit for one and two, everything in our neighborhood, like they're going down 10,000, 15,000, 20,000. I'm like, you ain't going to get what you're going to get for your house. And he was like, I was thinking about that. And he was like, I was thinking about renting it. But he goes, man, if I, and you know, that fear kicked in. He goes, if I rent it out for 3,000, because he only owes like 90 on it. Shit, the house worth like 400. So mm-hmm. he was like, if I rent it out, but then the tenant backs out, if it's a bad tenant, I'll be stuck paying him by myself. So I told him, to, I gave him this option. I was like, this is an option you can go with. I'm like, it's a four bedroom house. 
you could do section eight on it because it's in Arlington. I'm like, you could do section eight on it, make guaranteed money, and they have to take care of the place. And if they don't take care of the place, call housing authority. And I was like, I can look out for him because it's right across the street from me. But his real estate agent goes and tells him, oh, yeah, man, um, we just had a house listed at 380 and we sold it for 420. I was like, I don't think that's true, man. And then he was like, yeah, he pulled it up. And then that was like two months ago he did this. In the middle mm. of August. I'm like, market shifted, man. I'm like, that ain't that ain't what's going on no more. So, yeah, man, uh, lenders, I'm not saying lenders are bad, but make sure you get like, I, at this point, I, I do have an in-house lender. So like lenders and real estate agents, man, they got to keep their uh, head above water. So, you know, they got to, I ain't going to say they, they got to make certain moves, but yeah, I think you can get a three and a half to 5% down on that, man. That's owner occupied. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I'll look into that. I'll look into that. Yeah. Cause even if further. you're doing it through the business, I mean, unless you're trying to do a DSCR commercial loan to make sure it's commercial, but if it ain't that, then yeah, do it three and a half, five percent 5% down. So you're trying to get some section eight neighbors? Yeah, Section Eight ain't that bad. People, people have that stipulation about Section Eight, but if you have the right, if you know what you're doing, Section Eight that bad. Section Eight's bad if you're dealing with slumlords. No, I'm saying you're trying to get some Section Eight neighbors across the street from you. Yeah, I was okay. told how to do it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, just if you have like a four bedroom house, man, government will cash you the hell out. Mm. So, you know, but yeah, it's just so many options, especially with Airbnb. Not you know being viable over here in this area in short-term rentals unless you're going to do fully furnished but his damn house is too big i was like you could rent it by the room but yeah that house is kind of big and it's hella nice he he put his he put some work into that house but damn. uh yeah why don't you buy it from subject two <laughs> it wouldn't work i mean it wouldn't work for what he's trying to do he wants to uh he doesn't want to sell it because I, I, I was advising him not to sell it i'm like don't sell it you know i'm like this ain't just the time to do that Plus, he's a close friend. I wouldn't want to sub to that. I'm like, man, keep it. You have grandkids. Pass that on to them. So, yeah, uh, yeah man. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's just so many ways. But, yeah, man, I would definitely look into getting a loan, a, a three and a half, five percent down. Yeah, because yeah. don't even talk on that. Like, I would be careful right now taking huge chunks of change and just putting it on one door. Because the thing is, if interest rates keep rising up, you can park it in a property unless, I mean, I know if you're going to hold it a long time, but yeah, it also goes if you're going to hold it a long time, you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah. me, the less the better. Because yeah, the market is definitely shifting. It is definitely a buyer's market, but yeah, the interest rates are a pain in the ass. Yeah, I wouldn't say, um, I will look into that because I asked him the same question and he told me because I wasn't going to, because I'd be the primary and she was like the secondary that I could, we couldn't do it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're, he was lying. I don't know why he would lie. He's the, he's the, why would he lie? I mean, what would he, what would he, what would he get? I don't know if he would lie. Out of, out of, out of getting, making me pay 20% instead of 3%. I would love to pay 3%. So if you put 20% down and give him 20% and another 3%, I'm not saying he would lie, but it makes his Malone better. <laughs> it makes his loan better. Yeah. If he's you're giving him 20% down. Makes the loan better, right? Like I, I know, but that's a that's a good question. I was gonna Google it too. Well, how much do um how the uh these lenders make off of a loan off of a how, what, I what, the, what? I think the origination fee in some points probably, but I think the origination fee. But at the same time, he might not have that loan product available to you. That's why I always say call a bunch of different lenders because I'm not seeing why if 
she's going to be on the mortgage that she couldn't, you couldn't do three and a half, five percent down. Well, here's the thing. I, the reason I chose this guy, um, a guest on our show a while back, the dude that did, uh, he was the big time into buying condos. Remember in Dallas, he was the condo mm-hmm. buyer. I think he was from Cali originally, but remember, remember that guy anyways. Um, so he was big on buying. He's like, Oh, right now, you know, houses are too high right now. Buy it, buy condos, buy townhomes, whatever. And so whenever um, a deal came up, we were trying to buy a townhome and it was going through Wells Fargo and Wells Fargo was pain in the ass because, you know, they can't close on condos and townhomes. They suck. Right. Um, So I I called him up. I remember I said, you said you have a a good lender that can get this, get these condos done. Right. Because it's a lot to it. You got to go through the HOA history and all this crap and make sure they're stable. And and then I mean, it's, it's a pain in the ass. But he said, yeah, oh, yeah, this guy's this guy's great. Hit him up. He's out of Austin. And I and I talked to the guy and the way he he described it was that why he why he can always guarantee to close on condos is because, well, there are a lot of messed up HOAs out there. Right. With like zero money in the bank and <laughs> they just they just suck. Right. And um, anyways, he said that. That he has investors also that if he can't get it done like conventionally, he can get the loan done and present it to his investors and they can back the loan for people. Mm. so he has that option too in case it doesn't close conventionally of course he tries it conventionally first but if this if the conventional you know, the freddie and fanny or whatever the hell they say oh there's too much problems with the hoa we're not gonna you know do the loan then he has investors that'll that can obviously see this is the, yeah. he's buying it for 150,000 bucks it's gonna make him three thousand a month it's a good deal you, you should you should you know invest in this and mm. so that's how that's how he's able to to always close these these condo deals. So yeah. is it, this is a condo and I'm, I was like, well, shit, he's the condo guy. So I was, I was going to use him again. I've already used him on two loans and he's, he's been able to close for me. So I, I I'll check it out. I'll check out other people. I'm like, I, I get a hundred call. I'll get a hundred phone calls a day from fucking lenders. Now you get a, you get a ton of phone calls from lenders. Mm-mm. I don't know what happened, but my phone is blowing up with lenders, dude. Yeah. Man. I don't know. I don't know. And you, Myers, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, rocket I, mortgage. You ever done the rocket mortgage thing? Uh, no, I've done the uh better mortgage through bigger pockets on a refi though, and then yeah, you start getting those. I got I got those calls for about a year or so. <laughs> but honestly, what I'm doing, oh, also you show up as a buyer. That's probably why in their database. Um, but yeah, uh, word of advice: always, always, always shop around with different lenders, especially if you know that you can do three and a half. I mean. Yeah, I'd shop that around. But like, hey, can you do this? Um, I always I, I like to talk to at least three lenders, you know, just to see mm. what they're offering. Okay, but then they pull are they gonna pull your credit every time? Uh no, you're just interviewing them about their loan product. Mm. I mean, you already know what you want, right? You know that someone's moving in, just tell them what you want. Like, hey, I'm I'm looking, hey, me and my partner are buying a house, he's moving into it for a year, she's moving into it for a year. Can we put to put three and a half to five percent down? Right, that's simple right, right. so if they say yeah it's, it's usually a yes or no question they most a lot of them i, I just don't believe a lot of, i think a lot of them would say yeah i mean because it's owner occupied mm. especially yeah. right now man lenders and agents are hungry exactly and that's, and that's what i was kind of getting at you know they're hungry so i mean there should be some loan p- packages out there blood in the streets micah yes sir but yeah <laughs> that's a, that's a good i like how you did that though yeah because you can now you can get creative man it's a lot I've been listening to a lot of Pace Morby too. Like, yeah, you got to get creative out there, man. 
Mm. Yeah. So, and that was actually the topic of how do you effectively grow your short-term rental business? And Steve just gave you an effective way, man. Yeah. By, by the arbitrage. (laughs) (laughs) Owner occupy would be great too, right? Yes, sir. Can't beat that. Then when you move out, then when Fetty and his move out, you got that three and a half percent down. Now you are going to be paying. Well, no, now this is the only kicker to that. You are going to be paying more on a higher interest rate. And PMI. Yeah, and PMI. Yeah, that's the yeah, two things. That's another thing too to look at. See, there's always something you got to look at. So yeah, you may want to. Yeah, you could put the twenty percent down. Get get grab it. No PMI. Yeah, and that's the thing too, because they're going to be you know paying the note on it while they're there, right? Not mm-hmm. nothing more. Just 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 pay the mortgage while you're there. No big deal. And so and it would make it more expensive if we did that three percent route instead yeah. of instead of the um you know. Uh, 20% no PMI and whatever and um, so it would it would make it more expensive for them plus we have enough I mean you know knock on wood oh we got to get into something today uh, speaking of money <laughs> speaking of money that's like one of our favorite topics um, so so we have enough money in the bank to where we can and especially it's a condo it's nothing crazy we're not buying a $400,000 house right yeah. so it, it's it's 35 grand chunk whatever it's, it's it's a chunk but we have we have good reserves um anyways speaking of speaking of money in the bank man did you did you happen to see what happened to a good friend of ours uh sarah she put it out there so it's not a secret or nothing like that i'll just say sarah yeah. well she put on her story see feta sent it to me because i've been off of instagram like you and and feta sent me the story the, the the reels or whatever the hell you know how she makes the stories and she said that this happened friday so this is a holiday we're coming off a holiday weekend right mm-hmm. it was um so you know monday was everything was shut down um so so friday i guess towards the end of the day or i don't know how it, she she explains it on her thing someone wired from their bank thirty five thousand dollars. they wired it out of her bank right and then the bank before they realize it you know the bank closes and they're closed for the weekend okay here's here's the here's the the bad part of this is because they're thought, banking with on, like a and wrenching the story is you just said you're about to put $35,000 yeah. on it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> nah, I, know, I was thinking that too. I was like, man, they could have bought a condo with that. Yeah, go. Uh, that's see, it's, yeah. it's all perspective, right? <laughs> but, um, anyways, so so they had their money into yeah. like a, a independent small bank, right? Yeah, and so which is great for loans and interest rates and shit like that. They, you get better, you get some good deals. Thanks. And here's the, here's the tip of the day. I'll get to it. Well, so they had their money in the small bank, just, you know, just, you know, sitting there until they needed it for the next deal or whatever. And um, so this small bank does not have 24 seven fraud protection, a line you can call on the weekends. Right. <laughs> Plus they don't have no one they can call on Monday too. Cause it's a holiday. And and they're closed on, on Monday. So she said, and, and this is real, she called like, you know, 20 different numbers, anything that resembled the number that she can call for them. And they were all nothing. Everything's, oh, we're closed, blah, blah, blah. Holiday weekend, we're closed, we're closed. We'll be back Tuesday. And so, and she pointed it out that a lot of these um, criminals that do this, you know, they 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 find a way, they, they forge some emails, they do whatever they got to do, forge some numbers and they wire money from your account fraudulently. They do it on a Friday, you know, evening, 
going into a holiday weekend and they, they like to, to do it from the small banks because they know that they're not going to be able to, there's no fraud prevention 24 seven, like Chase Bank has or Wells Fargo or whoever the hell the big ones have that. Right. Um, so there was no way to stop it. And what her biggest fear was. So she's like, probably what they do on when Monday rolls around, they can, they finish the trans, the, the wire in a European bank somewhere. Right. Because it's not a holiday over there in Europe. The banks will be open Monday. They'll be able to withdraw that money. Gone ski, right? And so um, by the time Tuesday rolls around, the bank's open again. Then she finally gets to talk to somebody. Then it would be, the money's gone already. And she said her fear is that there's there, there's no way she's going to get the money back, even though banks do the, you know, insured and all that stuff. But her fear is because it happened this particular way, she's not going to get her money back. We shall see. Hopefully there's a way to get her money back and, and or they cover her in some way otherwise i mean use your platform because i just i'd blast the hell out of that bank so the morals of the story on uh, real quick morals of the story is yeah use those small banks that's fine just don't leave your money in there it's susceptible right put it in a big freaking conglomerate chase bank and, and that's probably the best place to have it yeah damn yeah i think you'd be able to get your money back though that was kind of fear-based. That was like, yeah, you can get your money back. That was too it's that hell was that was a hell of a thought process to go through. I'm like, you just call the bank Tuesday and be like, look, wire fraud. They'll get your money back. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. The way she was explaining it, she was all crying in the video too. She was saying the way it happened is that she don't think they're gonna get the money back. Yeah, I think you should be able to get your money back if you can prove you didn't send no wire out. If it's F, what is it? FDIs. FDIs. Yeah, 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 I think you're good. But yeah, yeah, I think she'd be good. But yeah, shout out to Sarah and hopefully she gets it back. But I'm pretty sure you'll get it back. Now, on to what the, we're at the end of the year, last three months of 2022. What are your Q4 goals, man? What are you trying to accomplish for this in year? <laughs> Put me on the spot, man. Well, um, that's, 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 that's something we've been thinking about. Because we do have, you know, Fede, Fede, most likely they'll be here. Federico, he'll be here um, in November, right? That's what's and up. So, and so it's, uh, he's excited about We're excited. He's like, man, I can't wait to get there. I got so many things I want to do, blah, blah, blah. And, um, and so with him being here, I really think we can sit down and do some, you know, do some, some powwows together and really, and really uh, get the business structured better. You know, it's kind of, I mean, it's, we've gone a lot, we've gotten this far, you know, 70 units under our belt with um, working apart like this, but I imagine together, you know, we'll be able to really, really start doing things and, um, and getting everything, you know, uh, to run smoother and getting it, you know, everything in place that we need in place. And um, so that being said, if we do get this thing totally automated where we're not in the day-to-day operations, we're close, close. Mm-hmm. There's two other businesses we're really, really, um, we want to, we want to start, you know, and I'll mention the one of them and, and, and that might involve you too, because y'all, y'all been wanting to, to start a cleaning company, right? Mm-hmm. Like a short-term rental cleaning, a real one in Dallas, you know, or this area. And so that's, that's one thing I want to really look at starting a, a short-term rental business and a, and a handyman like type business. Maybe it'd be both kind of like how, um, I forgot what his name. He came on our show. He does it out of Scottsdale. 
He even does the yeah. he does the cleaning service handyman type, you know, combo for people in Scottsdale. His name's missing. I just talked to him like a couple weeks ago, but I know exactly who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, something like that for this area would be great. I think it would do it would kick ass. I think he's um, in right now. He's where? That business model's in Houston, I believe. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah, that's good. Um and there's one other business. I don't know. I, I won't bring it up on the show, but it's 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 two businesses I'm excited about that do and you know you say okay you know perfect the one first and that's what, of course that's what we want to do but um these are these are businesses that are adjacent to our current business so i'm excited about that i don't know about um i mean we want to buy more properties too and i don't know i don't know so much about cuz we did we back in the day oh we want 100 units now we we blew out of the water with the last time we set goals right uh i don't know we said oh i want 30 units i remember you put us in the spot how many units you want this year i said 30 yeah i hear you're gonna do it i "I don't know and then we ended up with 50 by the end of the year fuck how yeah (laughs) but but now we're realizing it's just not a numbers you know picking up crappy units ain't does that you know just to get a number that's not a real a good goal right you might just be adding a bunch of headaches to your business and anyways so there's yeah that's our goal is to is to really tackle these two um industry adjacent businesses mm-hmm. that are that um that we'll have a lot more time to to put towards and get everything done logistically and i'm reaching out to people that have already done something similar so you know just getting the network together and getting it i think they'll be i think they'll be doing they'll they'll do pretty good business oh yeah especially cool. if you have a clean business so how are you going to fire yourself uh, <laughs> I I'm I'm easy to be fired. I'm easy to be fired. I just a Fed. I'm it's hard. Fed is hard to fire because it's because <laughs> there's no company without Fed. Uh, but he's a freaking beast, man. He's a um he um that's the part we got to work on because I was like, dude, if you come here and then you just go start cleaning the apartments because you know they're not clean enough. I mean, that's that's not gonna get us anywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. It's not gonna get yeah, it's not. Yeah, just go following behind the cleaners and and, and micromanaging them um yeah that's that's the hard that's the hard part is we figure out a system to to where fedek and actually you know he's been he's been doing good he's used that uh that focus advice that that you gave me and i gave to him using that focus button on your iphone mm-hmm. and he's been because at time and even at times i'm like hey dude because i got so used to asking him for whatever i was like hey dude is this person you know i got to is this person going to check in early? Do you know? Because I got to go run by there for something. And he'll be like, um, I'm not in the messages. I don't even know. Like, oh, that's right. You're trying to pull yourself away. Okay. I just got my bad. I got used to, I got used to asking you because you were, every time I jumped on the messages with the other, you know, the VAs, Feta would jump on and answer, right? Because yeah. he would just, that's just how he was. He wanted to answer every single question. Now he hits it on focus mode. And he he's pulling himself away, and he's getting a lot of uh, bigger things accomplished. Yeah, I, uh, after the conference I just went to, um, that was one thing I had to really focus on was like removing yourself a hundred percent from your business, um, and just doing little small tasks here and there, but like mainly being making yourself an ex- escalation point. And really, I'm getting to a point where I can just fire myself and have somebody else be the escalation point, like Sean's Haley. You know that I love how he brought that up on the last episode. But um, yeah, that's one thing I had to really realize. You can't, you can't grow and be a part of operations. You have to really fire yourself from operations and get and focus down on how you're going to grow. 
Um, because like right now we're trying to, you know, we're we're only buying right now. Um, so like you just have to hone down, you know, you gotta hone down, outsource shit. So that's what I've been focusing on and bringing certain things back that I know can't be outsourced. But right now I'm just taking a risk. Like, look, Hey, here's everything. And I have my VA and I'm hiring another one. I just reached out to them today to get another one. So I'll have two on 20 on 24 hour coverage and they'll just handle it. So yeah, Mm. hiring yourself is extremely important because my Q4 goals Man, it's really to try to finish this bird property. And then next year, my goal is to buy six houses. So I'm trying to go big, trying to finish it all off. <laughs> Got to hone in. You can't be in the operations doing that. Finish it off. And that, that's something, because I remember when you were going to do that that fire sale in Houston. And I was, and mm-hmm. I think I asked you, I said, oh, so so you're going to go sell all that. Or you have to sell all that stuff. He goes, yeah, I'm headed down to Houston for that. And I was like, I was like, why are you doing it? I thought you I thought you outsourced everything. And you're like, oh no, I'm pulling stuff back now or something like that. And I was like, Oh yeah. I had stuff I had to grab out of there. I had to grab like my stay five stuff that I want for my next units. So I had to grab all that stuff out. And then I just let somebody come and just she bought it all. I was like, bet. Bought it. I just grabbed that stuff and we rolled out. Yeah. 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 Like, like what was uh what was since I mean you went through it. You went through like having a full time job and doing your businesses and stuff. And then what was the transition to like, okay, you're not working no more at a, at a nine to five. Now, how did you, how was that transition to just, okay, I'm doing the business full time now. Uh, The transition was easy. It's just a matter of what are your goals? What are you trying to do? And then uh, having your daily tasks, what, what, what are you doing every day to get to your goal? Right. So like every day you have to be doing something to get to your goal. You need to have a, you need to be very focused. Um, I have a thing that I forgot. I don't have the paper anymore because I threw it away, but they were like, don't leave your nine to five. If you know, you don't, if you don't have the hustle and grind mentality to get to where you want to be, you'll know if it's naturally in you. If you wake up early or if you wake up late, whatever, if you know you're in grind mode to get things done and be effective with your grind, you know, you can do it Uh, with me. It was just a matter of, you know, I actually enjoyed it because I could then, because really once you, I realized my job was holding me back. I'm like, damn, I got to go work out and I got to go to my job. I'll work out now and I come back home, can focus, do my reading, meditation, journaling, and then really just hone in. So, uh, you know, it's just a matter of what are your goals, you know, and is your job holding you back? If it is, then you know what you have to do. Mm, Okay. I guess, I guess, was it a temptation to start working in the business more since you, you left your job instead of what the stuff you were outsourcing before while you had a job that you couldn't do? Yeah, there were certain things I was, yeah, I definitely did work in the business for certain things. I was kind of like Fetty, kind of overlooking the uh, VAs instead of just, hey, let them handle it. And like this weekend, this past weekend, when I went to my mentor's big conference, he was like, you can't serve multiple masters. If you serve multiple masters, you ain't going to get nowhere. You have to be honed in on this is what I want, you know? And that's when he realized uh, this one guy, he they just have this thing called the hot seat, right? And all kinds of people are there, multiple business owners, millionaires, all these people. And this one guy got up there and he was, uh, he was a, uh, he's, he's a real estate agent and he's a broker, but he was, he was trying to grow his real estate portfolio while also trying to grow his brokerage with new agents. So he really came to a stopping point was he was trying to grow this business and grow this business. 
So like on the hot seat, he's like, man, you got to stop serving multiple masters. You got to choose what you want. He's like, do you want rental properties or do you want a big agency? He goes, I want rental agents. I want to, I want rental properties. So he goes, well, you got to outsource the shit that's holding you back, picking up these, these uh, agents, go find an agent, let them recruit for you. You do that. And they, you, that, let that be your brokerage and you keep on buying rental properties. So that's what I had to realize. You know, I, I can't be, you know, you notice I'm not really active in short-term rental chats that much. Cause I'm like, I do short, short-term rental. I had to really reevaluate. I'm not a short-term rental Airbnb guy. I just use it as a tool. I'm a real estate investor. That's what I've always been. I kind of got blinded by that. And I'm like, you know, the short-term rental stuff is cool and all that, but I'm like, I'm a goddamn real estate investor. That's the fuck I do. Like I buy houses, fix them up, get my money back out. And then I'll put it on as a short-term rental and I let it run. But I had to refocus on that. Mm. Yeah. Getting that focus, man. Yeah. Uh, was that guy named David Green, by the way? <laughs> no, no. The, the guy that has the, the brokerage plus he's oh, uh, no, 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 no. buying properties. Cause that's, that's David Green. He does the same shit, yeah. but he's like, he's like a big time in Keller Williams. He's one of the top sellers in the, in the country. Yeah. So he's, he's able to do, he's able to juggle, juggle all of them, but I'm sure, but he had to put the, the right people in place. Yeah. Yeah. In order to do that, because he, he, systems are huge, man. It's huge. You got to have your systems down. So that firing yourself, that that is a tough one, but you got to, you got to let it happen. You got to do it. And then just let you, let yourself be the escalation point, you know? And what people don't tell you about systems, man, is, is like, and we talk about it on this show is like when, okay. When you got, when you got a, a company, you got, okay. You start with one unit, you have your systems in place. Everything's hunky dory. Once you get to five, you're like, oh shit. You got to redo all your systems again. Those same systems don't work for five units, you know? And then same when you get to 10 and 20 and 30, you know, it's a whole different company with, with so much more going on that you have to adjust your systems. And not that you brought that up. That's actually why I'm scaling down my portfolio. I'm scaling it down to be more effective and productive. So for example, like how you just said, hey man, we all had these goals of getting a hundred units. Like that was one thing my mentor said, he goes, he goes, I talked to these real estate people. They want a hundred fucking doors. He goes, what the fuck do you want a hundred doors for? <laughs> you know, and they come with all this shit. Well, I heard it on bigger pockets. I want this much cash flow. He goes, okay, you want $20,000 a month in cash flow. He goes, what's the average rent in your area? Uh, 2000 a month. Well, you only knew 10, 10 properties. And they were like, what? He's like 10 properties. That's 20,000 20, 20, a month. Pay them all off. That's 20,000 a month for the rest of your life. He goes, you have to refocus on your goals and know how to get to where you want to be. And that's when I was like, damn, man, like dude was just unlocking shit in you. Like, dude, you have to think. And I'm like, we always want all this huge shit, but it's like, just hone your goals down, get very specific on what you want. Then you can execute on it because now you can take those small steps to get there. And so that's why I've been kind of shaving my portfolio down because I'm getting out of arbitrage and I'm just shaving it down to only own properties. Do I own them? Now, if I own 10 houses, they all bring in five, six grand a month. And I'm not even counting that. I'm just looking at the long-term rental numbers on them. I'm good to go. That's all I need. Mm. So yeah, it's just about honing in. So you're the counter opposite of what uh, Sean Rakijic is doing. Because he wants, he don't own nothing, arbitrage everything. Yeah. You don't want to arbitrage nothing. You want to own everything. Yeah. I'm moving into ownership for sure. 
but he does have an ownership goal and you'll hear that we're editing that podcast now it's it was it's a beast um but he does have an arbitrage goal i'm sorry a a a purchasing goal buying ownership goal is to buy like a a 100 unit complex somewhere yeah that's a that's cool you know because he knows exactly how to make that hundred dollar hundred unit property sing how to how to you know crank out the profits because that's what he's been doing he's been buying chunks of these buildings already basically yeah exactly so and, i mean arbitraging these chunks of buildings but i still. mean basically how he presented to the seller and yeah y'all gotta definitely check that out how you he gotta give him props can we talk about arbitrage versus owning versus whatever he chose one thing and he figured out how to be the best he could be at that one thing, right? Yep. And that's what they talk about. And then so many of us are juggling so many things. Yeah, they're kind of they kind of they flow together a little bit, right? Arbitraging versus rent uh versus um managing versus ownership. And we're kind of doing we're, we're juggling a few things. And um but he chose, okay, I'm going to just going to be the best in the world at arbitrage and I'm going to put my team in place to, you know, I'm going to put everything in house and I have my cleaners in house, you know, they're going to, they're going to work for me. I'm going to have my handyman in house. They're going to work for me. I'm going to have my assistants go and find the arbitrage, close the deals, put it under the company. Gotta, it runs itself. Yeah. You, you have to know what it is that you want to do and focus on that singularly. One thing out this conference, all that this dude, he don't buy no property, right? He wholesales everything. He don't give a shit if it's a good smoking hot deal. He'll wholesale it. His wholesale business brought him $4 million last year. He netted a mill. So I was like, damn. But he was singularly focused. He goes, I know. He goes, I know other people had more net worth than me. He goes, now I'm buying because my wife's pregnant with kids. So I got to buy properties, you know. But he goes, I have so many connections from wholesaling. It's going to be easy. Plus, I know how to find the deal because I've been wholesaling everything for the last X amount of years. So when you hone in, just singularly focus on one thing, you can blow it out of the water, man. Yeah. And there's no one way to do it. I think we talked about that with David Mintzel. There's no one right way to do it. You have to look at your own goals and be singularly focused on what your goals are and where you're trying to get. Mm, that's yeah. powerful, man. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, yes, people say you're, you're wholesaling or you're flipping, you're paying all these taxes. Right. And then you're, um, you're not building any equity. You know, there's always those arguments and, uh, and you're hustling. You got out, you got to freaking hustle like a motherfucker mm-hmm. and wholesaling. Hustling ain't easy. It sounds easy. Everybody wants to try it. Cause it takes, Oh, I can start doing real estate with no money in my own. No, it's easy. Let's do it. Nice. You knocked on doors back in the old, remember you said you tried wholesaling a long time ago and I still, I wholesale now. Do you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, wholesale. Okay. I remember you I remember before, like I asked before uh, Airbnb or short-term rentals, you said you were, tr- you tried it. Mm-hmm. for a little while and then you got away from it because it was yeah. like wasn't fruitful for you yeah didn't have the systems down now i have the systems i'll wholesale a, a deal that i don't want i'll wholesale it like right now i'm actually doing quite a bit of wholesaling we're more or less looking wholesale stack up a certain amount so we can start buying doors because next year we want to be by q2 next year we want to be just buying like we're trying to get six bird properties done next year crazy ass goal but we got to go for it go big or go home all right go for 10 uh, six. And <laughs> then you'll fail and get six. <laughs> yeah. The reason why I don't want 10 because I like no. Th- I just need six more houses. That's all I need to start my pay down of them. Mm. Nice, nice, nice. My goal was two per year. I'm like, fuck <clears throat> in a year. Since you, you said, well, you still do uh, short-term rentals. Yeah. And so, so who does your pricing? My pricing? Yeah. Uh, I just train my VA on how to do it. 
and one now at this point, actually, I have a uh, uh, Price Labs actually does most of it for us. The only thing he does is just sets up rule sets that's already predefined. Okay. So, okay. Yep. That's that's cool. Yeah, I outsourced that too because that was one thing I was looking at when he was talking. I was like, let me outsource this pricing shit. So how, how's that work for you? The outsourcing the pricing. Been working great. Been working yeah. great. He's uh got a lot of good reservations in Dallas. Um, but yeah, it's been working great. Okay, because that's, that's one of the things with with, with um, Federico. He's all over the pricing, right? Because mm-hmm. he especially when that started the dip in September, he went in there and and overhauled all the pricing, tried all this new stuff. And so it's it, that's going to be hard for him to give up to someone else, because um, when we break, well, I was bring, I found this new unit and you know and got it to the cleaner because uh, she's gonna she's gonna be she wanted another unit, and I was like, it was a nice unit. I knew it was gonna be profitable, right? And the prices, the price point was good, but I just like I didn't feel like spending money on on getting another arbitrage for us. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll let her have it. And I told Federico about it and he's like, oh, you know, but I thought we were going to start to stay away from the one bedrooms or whatever. I was like, well, it's a good deal. I, you know, I found it's, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a good deal. Don't worry. I think it's going to profit. And he said, oh, he goes, and he said, yeah, he goes, he said something like, like, it's like, yeah, but it's more work for me. Cause, and I thought about, cause, and I was thinking, I felt, I didn't say nothing about it. I was like, yeah, because you said he's because he said because I have to worry about filling it. He has to fill it up, and and what the he means by that is is adjusting the no, pricing yeah. to get people in there and all that stuff. I'm like, no, <laughs> you, you can't. You got to outsource that somehow. I don't know. You I know you don't trust anybody with with the playing with the toys. And it's crazy, like you just said, like Sean's last the last episode with Sean is that's all he picks up is one bedrooms. He only picks up two bedrooms if they can get him down to a one bedroom price. One bedroom so price. It, it's so crazy. Like with arbitraging, like I love the way Sean does it. Like, are you guys now starting to implement that on your arbitrage deals? Like, hey, give me three weeks free. Uh, we well, I haven't not that not to that extent. I did, I did, I did uh, get a month free with this okay. one. So it was four weeks. But four weeks, that ain't bad. It's four weeks, but yeah, but it was. I asked, I, you know, I, of course, she didn't offer it right away. I said, "Can I get some kind of promotion? I got other places with you." And she said, "Oh, I'll give you a month free and I'll spread it over the the lease." I was like, "Okay, that's cool." And so, uh, yeah, just just by asking, you get, you know. But I haven't been into the. Well, she spread it over the lease, though, right? Just spread it over the lease, which is same thing. I mean, well, it just lowers the rent a little bit, right? Yeah. And like so, um, but yeah, uh, go go ahead. No, no, no. So I, I haven't got to the point where because, man, that's the thing. That's the thing, because yeah, I, I like how he does it. Uh, he does it, and you know, he picks them up in bulk, and he can do ten or twenty at a time, or fifty at a time. And think about that: how much money does he have to have to to furnish fifty units at a time, right? Then he's if doing twelve hundred a door. Do what? He said he's doing twelve hundred a door. No, that okay. That was a unique situation. He did say that those those the the he picked up a handful of in Austin, and the reason it was twelve hundred a door because he was able to rent the furniture. That's what that's how he did it. But he said, you know, a normal studio, whatever, five or six grand, seven mm-hmm. grand to to do like a studio, right? Yeah. A studio or one bedroom similar. And so imagine that, you know, the five grand times fifty, that what's that? How much that how much how much that? That's I'm a lot of money. In like, five thousand, so uh, two, two, uh, twenty five thousand dollars. No, five times fifty is two hundred fifty thousand dollars, right? <laughs> 
Yeah. Is that right? Is it? Is my math off? Okay, 50 units times 5,000 is $250,000. I don't got $250,000 sitting around that I could go do 50 units tomorrow. Yes, you better get some fucking free rent if you're going to pick up 50 units from a place. I, yeah, I understand. Yeah. I'm not at that point yet. I'm still picking up a couple units here, a couple units there. I get a little bit of, uh, you know, a few weeks free. Yeah, I don't get the 10 weeks free or whatever, like like he's saying that he can get sometimes. But, I, you know, at the same time, if I know it's a good deal and a good location and the, and the, and the rent's priced right, I'll pick it up because it's a good yeah. addition to our portfolio. Yeah, I was just wondering because, man, he, he blew my mind on how he's arbitrage. And I was like, damn, I would arbitrage your way too. I, I like how you're doing it, you know, because that was he was killing it. But yeah, and, and I love how he he's razor he's razor focused. Um, and I'm actually gonna read the book he suggested, Traction. So yeah, he's razor focused. You got to be all the way dialed in, and so that's that's how I am right now too. Just focus on where you're trying to go and your goals, you know. So uh, I wonder if he puts some of his students in those like like a big fifty unit pickup. If he puts some of his students on those units too, possibly could. That would be a good thing to do. Yeah, man. Cause uh, yeah, man. It's uh. The short-term rental space is very interesting right now. I'm uh I'm still in it, but you know, I'm more or less using trying to get into the houses into the short-term rental space, which are what I like, which is what I like, and build the equity at the same time. But man, it's very interesting. And I was at the conference I was at, that's something that uh people were talking about, hey, getting real heavy into Airbnb and stuff. And you know, some people were in there, you know, I talked to a few people, they're like, they're buying bad deals, but oh, just Airbnb. And I'm like, uh, let's do that. You know, I mean, seriously, I mean, you got to look at it from the standpoint of if it ain't going to make long-term rent, especially with interest rates rising, something goes wrong, unless you're in a place where you're already safe and all the regulations are in place, you know, but there's going to be a, still another fallout because short-term rentals are so new. Airbnb, I'm going to say. I'm not going to say short-term rentals, but Airbnb is like so new and the shiny object that people are just hopping in it. And I'm just like, eh, it's going to be some opportunities for it though. Like for people picking up units. Here's the, here's the crazy situation. Cause um, speaking of like, it was the, it's the new thing everybody's talking about. I remember in the early days, uh, bigger pockets was dogging on Airbnb, right? Well, why the hell would I Airbnb a place? I could just throw it and get, get, you know, monthly rent and not do nothing you know i don't want to be answering phone calls at 2 a.m um anyways so now they've changed their tune they talk they talk a lot about airbnbs and the the coast the host of the rookie the pot the yeah bigger pockets rookie show they do airbnb too mm -hmm. they do short-term rentals yeah. and i think uh yeah and, and david green and the other guy of course uh what's his name rob built rob built whatever yeah uh, the the, the co-host of the big I haven't watched that. I, I haven't been listening to well, he's a that he that's what he does. He's an Airbnb or big time. That's his number one thing. But oh, he builds man. these freaking crazy looking, you know, tree houses and modern, you know, TPs. Yeah. And he does all this crazy stuff. And and um and then Airbnbs him. You know, that's his that's his huge that's his that's what he does. I gotta so, listen to him then, man, because I've been listening to the rookie show because uh he talks more about short term rentals. I know the new guy does. Yeah, Rob Bilt. Rob Bilt. Yeah, that's his oh. that's his name. And he uh, and then he got David Green. Now they they do deals together and they, they're doing mm -hmm. Airbnbs. So, so it's a it's a big thing. And um and I think they do more vacation rental um places. That that and that is what that's where a lot of confusion is starting to happen, right? A lot of people don't understand a vacation rental market from a metro market and they're just hopping into some shit and like they get shut down and they're with this 
shithole deal, you know, and they, and then they're stuck on Airbnb. They don't understand you're in the short-term rental space. You can rent to travel nurses, to insurance companies. Like that's one of my VA's main tasks right now is he's getting us listed on 30 insurance company sites right now. You know what I mean? So it's so many things that you don't know. People are just hopping into Airbnb and man, it's looking like a doom ending. Cause I'm like, man, y'all hopping into these places where regulations can come and it's over with, you know? So yeah, telling people be careful because you got to understand. And that's one thing I noticed people don't go into is like knowing the type of market you're in, like a vacation rental market. They usually already have regulations in place. Just micro markets is still new. So just be very careful running your numbers. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. But like you said, if they have regulations in place already, boom. Like, yeah, you're good. good thing. Go for it. Um, yeah. So what are we talking about? We're talking about Rob built in uh, the, the uh, bigger pockets crew. And I think Sean made a video about that too, about the bigger pockets, people going into the whole Airbnb thing and, Given some uh very very uh stringent advice that I, I agreed with Sean on like yeah you got to be careful doing that but yeah <laughs> what did he say about it uh um he was basically saying these people who are in the real estate space most of them who want to do Airbnb right like they pick up this property that probably isn't going to cash flow anyways and then he goes then they're going to go and hire a management company taking twenty percent and he goes you're already yeah, yeah, yeah. Management company taking twenty percent. You probably ain't making no money anyway, so you're probably gonna be pissed off and say Airbnb doesn't work. So yeah, that's what he was saying, and I was like, yeah, I agree, because all of us we all self manage, or and like you, you're a management company. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, what I told, yeah, that's the thing, and 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 that's coming to play before because we're a management company, mm-hmm. so we already have in house everything. We don't have to pay twenty percent to 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 a management mm-hmm. company to manage our units. And so a lot of times if there are some clients that their units are struggling for whatever reason and they want to get out, I mean, we could, we'll always examine it and say, okay, it's not profiting for them because on top of, I mean, they might be profiting, but then our 20% chunk, you know, sometimes things don't work out and, and they're not patient enough to let the, the place get traction reviews and all this stuff. They start panicking right away. So there's always an option. Would you like to sell it to us? And and we'll we'll take it over. That's all we, we always keep that on the board. But anyways, aside from that, hey, he he doesn't offer. Hey, you guys can manage it yourself. We'll just take it over. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they call him Stevie Stacks. <laughs> no man, I ain't trying to screw our clients. Oh boy, they, just kidding. The clients are listening. It's a good. That's a good point. No, the, the, our clients are busy motherfuckers. Right. So they, they, they don't want to deal with the, what the shit we got to deal with. They see the, they see the, the, the comment, uh, what are they, <clears throat> excuse me. They see the communications, they see all the stuff going on. They see all the, I mean, we, if, if anything's broken at these units, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we file every single claim. We, I mean, they see what we do and they don't want to do it and that's fine. And, and, the, and if they want to just get out, get out, that's fine. We can help them get out too. exit and then amicable, amicable exit. That don't happen. A lot of companies don't offer that. But anyways, aside from that, like I have buddies at work that, that are getting into the game, right. Getting into the short-term rental game. And, um, a buddy of mine is in one of these cities close by that they just decided to start doing, uh, regulations and you have to do permits, right. I won't say what city, I won't say what buddy, but anyways, I told him, yeah, we have a place in that city too. We went ahead and, you know, did everything correctly. I said, you should go ahead and, and sign up and, and get the permit. He's been doing it for a few months now. 
He's like, yeah, yeah. He keeps saying, he keeps saying, my, my wife's handling that. My wife's handling that. Go in the computer and 10 minutes, you'll have your, the guy, you know, you fill out everything. The guy will go over there and inspect it and then you'll get it, you know, get the permit. I'm telling you, because you don't want to get, start getting these fines from the city, right? Yeah. Once they start doing that, then they can start fining you, which is what your Grand Prairie did. And um, plus, they're going to want you to pay, the longer you do it without signing up and getting the permit, the more back taxes are going to pile up. You're going to have to pay these taxes that when, while what you were operating. Uh, I'll tell you off air. I don't want. Yeah, I'll tell you off air. I just don't want the the city hunters to go after people <laughs> in this city. <Podcast. laughs> hey, sorry. Remember when we started? When they started going after us, we were like, man, I wonder if they listen to the podcast. Back yeah, in the, yeah, listen to the podcast. Yeah, Is it know. in Texas? Yeah, it's in Texas. I'll tell you. I'll text it to you. But um, <laughs> anyways, so. But the other thing I was worried about, because he told me, you know, his calendar, he showed me like, oh, yeah, I, every time I ask him, oh, yeah, it's doing really good for us. Or, or, really good? How good? So, oh, you know, and most of the weekends are booked. I was like, okay, that tells me right there, okay, you're just getting weekends booked. You're not getting the midweeks. I said, there's a lot, you know, so there's a lot to this. I said, what you should do, sit down and do all the numbers, because for a 3-2 right now, you could probably get, you know, 2000 to 2500 a month. Just as a long-term rental, whereas a uh, short-term rental, um, yeah, maybe you'll get to that three thousand point or more if you know what you're doing. But you got to discount the cleaning fees. You got to discount the taxes from the state and the and the city, right? And you got to discount this. And I was telling them in the supplies. So you just sit down and do the math and make sure this is right for for where your place is. You know, if you're just getting weekends booked, you're probably not hitting the marks that you want to be hitting, right? And so I just, I'm starting to tell people it really got out of whack when rent started skyrocketing, right? And it started skyrocketing. And then we were used to get, making our Airbnb numbers. And I was like, holy crap, you know, it's, it's almost to the point where it's easy. It's better to do it long-term without any of the headaches, without any of those taxes, state and city, and without any of the permits you got to get. I was like, I mean, it got out of whack, but rents are starting to, like, as Sean said, rents are starting to fall back down to where, okay, it's more attractive to do short-term rentals now instead of, instead of just throwing the house as a long-term rental, getting 25 to 3,000 a month. Houses, man. Yeah, I, I know. The thing the is, going down. <laughs> it's going down now. I've seen them, I've seen them falling, especially from the ones right. like uh, First Key and all those people, the that gobbled up a bunch of houses and turned them into rentals, they're starting to drop their prices. But they shot them up astronomically high, you know? That's why Burr Sub 2, man, you can keep your rent high because you're getting your money back on the rehab. That's why I'm like, I like, that's the reason why I like houses because of the, one, I can price the rent high because the rent's coming to me anyway, as long as it's market, you know? But yeah, yeah, it's not of these big conglomerates. Yeah, they're starting to lower. So as soon as crap anyway. <laughs> so as soon as all your leases are done and your arbitrages, you're pulling you're pulling everything out. Um, depends on how many units I've I've acquired that that are mine. Yeah, depends on how many units I've acquired that are mine. So once I get if I have my six houses, then yeah, I won't need any more. Like how many arbitrage. how many arbitrages you got left? Five. That's it. Yep, five okay. left. And you're not looking for no more. Nope. No more arbitrages. If I, it would have to be 
Yeah, even if it was a hell of a deal, I'd shit. I might flip the lease to somebody, make a quick twelve hundred. You can have it. <laughs> yeah. That's that's happening right now, man. Oh, I think Sean just made a video. He's making a million dollars leasing flip, flipping leases. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I'm not this point. I'm not just because of my own singular goals, like what I want. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to, I want to be, by the time I'm 40, I want to be retired where I'm just doing whatever freedom option and choice where I can do whatever I want when I want. Mm. Yeah. And then the business runs itself. Yeah. In seven years. And then that's maybe when you guys will catch me back on Instagram and stuff, uh, creating my, like, you know, you know, like a mentorship program for people that the beach. (laughs) <laughs> on the beach for people that want to you know own properties and you know get out of the rat race so yeah that, that's seven years and i was like i have to be singularly focused on what i want for those seven years mm. by the way congrats to uh downtown mikey brown for getting oh, uh buying a duplex oh he did he bought a duplex man yeah. congrats to him man i haven't been i haven't been able to really talk to nobody man but that's that's congrats man that's what's up so he got it is he living in one well he's um, I don't think they moved into it. Yeah, that's what they're gonna do. They're gonna they're gonna live in one side, right. and then fix it up while they're living there, and rent out the other side as, as a long term. That's what's and, and then when he moves out after a year, then he's gonna, you know, fix up both sides to do short term rentals on both sides. Let's go, let's go, kill yeah, man. I love that. Got to get cool. it. Yeah, own own the property, man. That's the way to do it. <clears throat> that's cool. He's got a wife to support him to to let him. Uh, take them to live in a duplex, especially with a baby on the way, right? Yeah, so, <laughs> gotta marry the right one. That's the thing, man. So many of my buddies are like, "Oh, my wife, I, I want to do real estate, but my wife, man, she's she's too afraid of it." Blah blah blah. blah. And so I'm like, man, I guess we and you lucked out that our wives are cool and they and they let us, they encouraged us, they helped us, and you know, I would say, word know. of advice to the fellas, man, it's the easiest way to find something like that. Find someone who's comfortable living outside their comfort zone, then it's easy. Quit marrying someone who went to high school 45 minutes away from where they grew up. They aren't comfortable outside of their comfort zone. So when you Mm. marry someone outside of their comfort zone, doing different things is easy for them because that's how they had to survive to get to where they are. Side note, Micah's not telling you to divorce the chick you're with now. (laughs) If y'all don't have no assets together anyway, I mean, it makes it a little bit easier. No, just... (laughs) No kiddos, no assets. No, yeah, you ain't got shit anyway. Hell, you ain't got. No, I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm not advocating for that, but I'm just saying, you know, uh, that's just for the, for the people that you know that aren't married and are looking for someone. Hey, I want to grow this with. Find someone who's just you know comfortable being uncomfortable. Mm. Oh, oh yeah. One thing on that note of of long term rentals being more lucrative than short term rentals. Because when the rents were shooting up, um, like I said, going back to the bigger pockets thing, you know, Ben Leibovich, uh, he's, he's, he was on the show a lot, a lot, a bunch of times back in the early days, bigger pockets. And, um, and he's still a contributor. He still writes articles. He writes his, his articles are great, but he's a big, um, syndicator. Okay. So they, they, they put, to, they put together, uh, apartment deals, you know, of course they raise money they have funds. Fund A, Fund B, all these different funds, and then they they buy these apartment buildings that were built in the '90s or later. He don't go for the old, uh, the older ones anymore because it's just not worth it. And then he makes them look, you know, beautiful. Puts in a pool, puts in a badass front office, and he, he fixes them up. 
and then he and then he renovates them inside and out and then he and then he you know rinse them out you know long term but i i would always, i you know I've, i'd always go back and forth with him and, and and facebook and then messenger you know i'd send him some things on some of the articles he wrote and he's always been a real cool guy re- responsive to me one day i was i was chilling at you know i was in my backyard one morning on a saturday morning or something by the pool and just you know just out there hanging out and, and drinking my coffee and um i sent him a message that from, from one of his um posts and and he called me on <laughs> on messenger uh video call right oh shit uh, ben Leibovich, that's crazy bigger pockets ben you know he's a multimillionaire, fucking you know slinging he's like he's like uh he does what what um uh, what's his name does uh cash flow guy what's the fuck's his name 10x yeah. cash flow guy um whatever. Yeah, Grant yeah same same concept you know big apartment buildings fixes them up flips them he, he keeps a chunk of the money for himself blah 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 and i was i was like well he goes he goes oh oh because uh, he said he said, "Oh, this new place is up and running. You know, let me know if anybody's interested in, in renting some pla- renting a place here, blah blah." And I was like, "I was like, I'll take ten. I'll take you ten units to do Airbnb or whatever. You know, I just threw that out there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think he's gonna respond. And he called me. He's like, okay, well, hey Steve, I just wondering. You know, I I want to know what your what your business model is. What, and he started getting into the you know, how would this benefit me that you would take ten units from me and then do uh, short term rentals? I was like, well." Um, yeah, put me on the spot. I'm sick of sipping my coffee, and I'm like, well, okay. I guess one way to do it, I could pay, you know, a little bit more over the rent that you're offering. You oh, know, dude, no, I'm just, no, I'm not, I'm not offering to do it. I wasn't offering to do it. He was saying, how would this benefit him? I know, but you went straight in, and how would it benefit him? Easy. You give me ten units. You got, you got to lease this place up, right? That, but his his argument was, he's like. He goes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put all these to this is the height of of the economy is doing great, you know, and mm-hmm. interest rates are low and everybody's paying a shitload for rent because they can charge shitload for rent and everything's filled up hundred percent, right? All the it's easy for these apartments. He's out there in um Phoenix. He's out there in Phoenix. And he said, I'm gonna he goes, as soon as I get these renovated and rented out, he goes, I'm going to have too many people applying and they're going to pay top of the market rent. So why I don't understand. He goes, I guess I could understand. Like he said that if I needed units filled and I couldn't fill them I, and someone like you came along, that would make sense. But right now, I don't see a good argument for me to allow anybody to do short term rentals at my places since mm-hmm. they're 100 percent full and I'm getting the, the top of the market rent on all of them. And I'm like. I was like, I, I thought about that. I said, like, you're right. You're absolutely right. Why would you even mess around with somebody that's going to go in there and put Airbnb people in there and risk pissing off the people that are there long-term? And then, you know, why even, why? I said, you're absolutely right. There's no, I said, at the, as, as the economy is right now, there's no reason for it, right? Mm. But, and, and then I thought about it, but that's not always the case for these apartment buildings. I mean, think about it back in the day, back in 2000 or so, I mean, how many apartments were offering two months free rent, three months free rent, free big screen TV if you signed up and all this stuff, right? I mean, back then, I mean, it doesn't always, it isn't always, you know, hunky-dory for these apartment complexes, is it? I I think you would have had the upper hand. You should have played with them and said, hey, what if I get 40 units? (laughs) I'm furious just to kind of play with them and say, hey, what if I got 40? But uh, it's a really good book. I forgot the name of it. Um, I just read... Uh, but it's a book on negotiation because even if supposedly 
he could get those units filled that quickly. How fast can he truly get them filled? People coming in, putting in uh, applications, getting the money, all that down. You still have bargaining power. You know. Well, here, yeah. No, no. I know. I know. I wasn't prepared for it. Whatever. I wasn't prepared to battle. Is <laughs> that at uh, eight in the morning? Um. Anyways, one thing. One thing though that he did mention is a. You know, even if you did take a big chunk of my units, he goes, I couldn't. That's not good for me either because his whole plan is go in there, buy this place for whatever you know. I don't know, 1.5 million, mm-hmm. put in another million into it, make it look badass, right? And then go get it a, a, a an evaluation to get it a, a, a refinance and re, you know, pull all their money out and then some, you know, refinance it and say now it's worth five million. So they're going to pull all their money back out. Mm-hmm. He goes, he goes, Fannie and Freddie, they still don't like short term rentals. And I can't have a certain percentage over, you know, in short-term rentals if I'm going to go and refinance. So mm-hmm. it goes, unfortunately, that, you know, even if you took a whole bunch of our units and say, oh, this is great. We're renting all of our units. That doesn't work for us because our end goal is to is to refinance this through Fannie, Freddie, whatever, and pull all of our money back out. And then, you know. But there shouldn't be no short-term rentals on the book. What short-term rentals are on the books? He says they're getting pretty um, advanced in finding these things. What short-term rentals are on the books for the lender? None, because I'm renting it out on a master lease. So I'll give you like short-term rental. I mean, that's just what I do. Okay, I see your you, argument, but you know, he doesn't want to risk a really uh, a fraud case with uh, yeah. <laughs> with the government. If you're putting them on, see, and that's what I tell people. That's why I like houses. Because you get to the point with a house, you ain't got to put it on Airbnb. You get your host fully, you can just block it from Airbnb and focus on insurance clientele. That's what I was saying. Like, that's why I have my guy, my my guy right now, his whole focus right now is to list on, I think we have like 40 to 60 insurance platforms that we're listing on. Because at the end of the day, and I see this happening, I was just talking to my good friend Josh about this. I think Airbnb saturated Airbnb is saturated, but short-term rentals is not. So it's like people are rushing to get on Airbnb and be a number when instead you can go straight to the source and be the guy, right? That's what I want for my company. Be the source for all the insurance clients that are coming to this area, to this area. And then we just start circling leads like that. You know what I mean? Because then if you tell them, hey, because your goal, if you could do this, it'd be even better. I ain't even got to be on Airbnb. You could tell him that we're not on Airbnb. We service this clientele, kind of like the Jay Massey model Mm -hmm. in the uh, noble model. Hey, I service this clientele and this is the clientele that's coming. Cause a lot of these guys, these big wigs, they getting off Airbnb. No. Now, now to me, and, and I guess Sean alluded to it too, right? I, the people, let's say there's people that fix these. There are people that fix these, these, uh, apartment complexes up, make them nice you know, double and triple in value, whatever, and they sell them, right, to off to whoever. And then whoever buys it is going to just sit there and, and, and keep it as a long-term play, right, to add to their portfolio, either, either uh, I don't know, whatever investors, type investors want want that in their portfolio. But anyways, so those type of investors, where they're not trying to refi through Fannie and Freddie and all that shit, and they, and they just want to fill rooms, that would be a good play for them. And that's probably where Sean's, you know, going towards right now the people yeah. who are who are at 60 percent capacity and they need units filled and he's picking them up left and right yeah 
See, there's just so many ways to look at it, man. So many ways to skin a cat. But yeah, I, that would have been a good conversation to have, you know, if he was just like, hey, I don't want to do that, you know. That would have been a good chance to just kind of play with him and kind of see also how he's looking at it from the outside perspective of short-term rentals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like how he he's kind of looking at it like, well, but you got to play with it and see how how you could really make it beneficial to him. Sorry, I've been reading a lot of negotiation books this year. <laughs> Go for no. So how how's uh the negotiating negotiating books helped your negotiating? What have uh, any examples? Um, not really negotiating, but well, yeah, I guess you could call it negotiating, like talking to sellers, potential sellers. Um, I've been talking to this guy who, dude, he, he's trying to for sale by owner his house. We uh, he 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 told us he wanted three thirty for it. We went and looked at it. <laughs> Uh, we told him, Hey, we can't give you 330. We didn't give him a number either because we knew 330 was just crazy outrageous. And I didn't want to deliver the the like blow of this house ain't worth 330. So we left. He immediately texts back, Hey, I'll go down to 300,000. God damn, just like that. <laughs> yeah, just like that. After we walked off, and then uh, we could talk to we I talked to his wife. We were the mahogany was like talking to his wife, and like we were getting the motivation. Like his wife wants to get the hell out of here. <laughs> it's him that's holding it up. Mm. And she even said it. She goes, he wants 330. I'll, you know, she didn't say the number. She goes, she kind of didn't want to piss him off, but she was sitting there smoking a cigarette. She goes, he wants 330. I just want to get out of here. Like she knows the house ain't worth 330. So we hit him up a couple of days ago. Hey, you sell your house yet? Just kind of test the water. She's like, no, uh, I'm willing to go down to 280. So damn. So I was like, uh, so we texted, we hit him back. We're like, so I didn't send him a number. I was like, what made you come down to 280? And I, I'm going to call him. I'm supposed to call him back tomorrow. Goes dead silent. He doesn't want to reveal his motivation, but I'm pretty sure it's his wife. Mm. <laughs> you know, happy wife, happy life. So I, you know, so I already know. I'm like, okay, we can we can keep riding this coattail. But it's just a matter of finding motivation, finding ways to where you both win. But mainly, if you can be quiet and just listen to people, they'll tell you their pain points. You know. That- you you have your uh, that book on your shelf probably never split the difference. Do you have that book? Book I've yeah, that's the book I was looking for when you were saying that's the book you got to read. Never <laughs> they had that guy on Bigger Pockets a while back, a long time ago, and and he was just so cool the way he was talking. I don't know if you heard that episode, but he just like he just thought oh, I mean it's just mostly just um just listening and, and just um like he didn't say didn't he didn't throw no numbers around. He's talking to uh, he goes for example I'm gonna go in to buy this house and. And the guy wants, you know, 500 grand. I was like, ah, you know, is that, is that the best you can do? You know, they just asked him like that. He goes, oh, maybe 490, you know, um, hmm, 490, huh? Is that, is that, is that really the best, you know, the best you can do? And he just, okay, I could do four. He didn't even say a number. He's not even countering him or nothing. He's just letting the dude just, just do, oh, I guess I could do a little better. You know, just puts it in his head, right? I was like, oh man, that's just a, I forgot what phrase it was something like this. Is that, is that, Go for no. Is it, do what? Go for no. And that's when the negotiation starts. Oh. <laughs> yeah. My, uh, I was at, I was, I was at this real estate event with this guy named Gonzalo. The dude I was telling you, he makes $4 million wholesaling, right? He goes, he basically goes for no. He tells he gives them the shittiest offer that he can think of, and he told me how he does it. He basically, when it when uh, he's talking to a seller, he'll go on Zillow, right? He'll look up the Zillow price, and he'll slash sixty percent off of it immediately. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, and I tell him that number. He goes, if they say yes, 
I know we have a whole wholesale deal. He goes, if they say no, that's when I negotiate. I was like, oh, you want, because if you say a bullshit number, they're now going to start talking to you. Now, I, I was I was afraid of if you go too low, you'll offend them and say, fuck you, I ain't going to even talk to you, you know? I ain't never seen the property yet. Well, then you can say, well, hell no, I don't want that. Well, let's take a look at your property. Is it worth more than this? Now you can start, that's when you start opening up conversations and doors. Because mm. when he said that to me, man, I was like, you do what? He goes, yeah, I just slashed 60% off whatever Zillow says. Because then he knows it's a good deal for him. But if... You know, so I'm like, you ain't even running comps. Hell no, I don't run comps until I know we have a deal. And I know what this house looks like. I'm like, hmm. So, yeah, it's some people do some crazy shit out here. So, yeah, negotiation is huge, man. That is, that is smart. That is smart. (laughs) And that that, that reminds me of of the, um, going back to bigger pockets. One of the, one of the things that he got it from that book or from another book about negotiating, he always asks for a discount is wherever you go. Even you go, you go to Starbucks, I say, can I get 10% off? And they're like, yeah. why, why? Is it, it, these guys are millionaires doing this. He goes, it's, it's not just to get 10% off. It doesn't freaking matter. It's just to keep working on that negotiating school skill wherever you go. Yep. He goes, a lot of times you get it. A lot of times you go to the Home Depot, you go to wherever, and you'll get a discount just by asking. Straight up, you will. And I've done that too before. I started using that more and more, man. I'm like, damn, I'm just getting these deals. I forgot where it was the other day. Um Oh, it was like at a, a freaking oil change place or something like that. Yeah. And I and they had this, they, you know, I went over there. And said, oh, by the way, he goes, oh, yeah, we could do, we could, no, I was checking the AC on the car. He said, yeah, we could do that. It's going to be like 200 something, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, do y'all, do y'all happen to have any any coupons or any specials going around? He's like, oh, let me check online. Boom. Oh, yeah, there's a half off coupon right here online. And I was like, if I want to ask, I'll just pay the 200. And most people are just going to pay the 200 something bucks. Right. right. But I got it for like $99 because I just because I asked and I'm like, I need to keep reminding myself to ask everywhere I go. That's a lot of money you're going to be saving. For real. Because, yeah. And it's funny. He the guy who told me the 60 percent off the Zillow price, I had the same mindset. I'm like, well, damn, because I really most we can give this guy for this damn house because like. It's just work that needs to be done. He ain't updated it shit since the 70s. So I'm like, the most I can give this guy is 220. So my guy I was talking to, he's like, he goes, since it's already for sale by owner, he goes, just keep talking to him because you don't want to deliver that 220 blow. But I'm like, now I'm like, I'm gonna have to deliver that two hundred thousand dollar blow and then you know and see what and then start negotiating from there. You know, and then my friend, she was like, uh, you're my ugly friend, Jessica. She was like, don't worry, I'll call him and offer him 190. So your 200 looks like a good deal. It's like, yeah, I guess you could do that. But yeah, you know, you got to, you got to be, you got to go for that low number, man. And then you start the negotiation phase. I like that. Negotiations start at no. Yeah. Ah. Negotiation starts at no. All right. Get y'all's monies out of those small banks, y'all. This has been a great show. Episode 226 in the books um heavy on the buying side this episode sorry about that if you're in short-term middles i am a tournament of short-term middles you don't give a fuck i am arbitrage <laughs> you know you know we talked about arbitrage like you i know you probably enjoyed sean's last episode but yeah um but yeah thank y'all for listening to us and uh we'll definitely be back with the heat it, the- it, oh go ahead steve i did enjoy sean's episode because it's just it's just hearing from someone that's a like you said, single focused on the one thing to be the best at the one thing to pull himself out of the business. That's that's 
the ultimate goal, right? Right. Straight up. Get yourself yeah. out that business, man. Yeah. yeah. Get yourself out of there. Fire yourself today. Right <laughs> up. Fire yourself. Um, just is the largest. Sharebnb.com. Stay with Micah and one of his beautiful places. Um, not with Micah, but you know. <laughs> no, no, no. A set of Sharebnb. I mean, go to Sharebnb.com if you have some houses for sale. If you uh, have a shitty property you need to get rid of, a neighbor that has a shitty property all across Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington, Mansfield, Grand Prairie, holla at me. He'll give you 220. Yeah, 220. <laughs> <laughs> 60% of what Zillow says. <laughs> Well, cool. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you on the flip side. Yeah, see you on the flip side. Oh, yeah. Remember, subscribe, join the email list, and uh, hit the hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. We love the reviews. And uh, yeah, find us on Instagram, TikTok, all that good stuff. I'm, we're both taking a hiatus from social media right now, but you will find some good content there. So we are out. Peace. Later. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.